today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savell. Make the decision that beginning today and from the rest of your life, turning back, giving up, compromising, wavering, staggering is no longer a part of your makeup, no longer a part of your character. The Apostle Paul, talking about Abraham, the father of faith, go there with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. <clears throat> Verse 17, God says, as is, uh, Paul says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things be not as though they were, who against hope, talking about Abraham, the father of faith. Now, if you go back to Romans chapter 4 and verse 12, it says that we are to follow in the footsteps of our father Abraham. Yes. So what you see Abraham doing here is an example that we are to follow. Yes. Okay? That is if you want God's best. So notice it says, speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was written or spoken, so shall thy seed be. And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. So notice we're talking about Abraham, not when he first was introduced to Almighty God, because he did compromise. God had promised him a son through Sarah. And you know the story. It was impossible for Sarah to conceive. Her womb was dead. It's impossible. She knew it. Abraham knew it. But God said she would bear a son. And one day, I don't know what Abraham was doing, but he come home. And apparently Sarah had been thinking about this all day, <laughs> meditating on this promise. And she said, Abraham, I believe I know how this is going to happen. I have a handmaiden. Her name is Hagar. And if you will sleep with her, she will conceive and you will have the son that God promised. And notice Abraham says, that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> Apparently that's what he said. And then later the apostle Paul picking up on this story, he says that uh, Ishmael was of the flesh. Isaac was by, by promise and by faith. So notice Ishmael was a compromise. So notice Paul says specifically when Abraham was 90 and nine. So something happened to him at 
99. In the the, uh, uh, Genesis, it says when he was about 100. 99 is as close as you can get to 100. So something happened to him at 99 years old. What happened? Read Genesis chapter 17. The Lord appeared unto him and said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. It was not a friendly conversation. It was a rebuke. In other words, what God is saying to him, Abraham, I don't need your help. All I need is your faith. I don't need your help. All I need is your faith. And the Bible says, and Abraham fell on his knees. Abraham fell on his knees. You would too from a rebuke like that. And from that moment, you don't see any inconsistency in this man's life ever again. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, well, that means there's hope for you. Amen? Because Abraham was not perfect in the beginning. Abraham, according to Paul's writings, he, he was inconsistent. But after he turned nearly 100, something changed. Maybe that's what some folks need is a fresh appearance of God in their life to get them back on track, get them back on course. That'll set you straight. Amen. So once again, notice he uses the phrase, he staggered not. Everybody say staggered not. The Amplified says no unbelief or distrust made him waver. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. The Passion Translation says, convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promise. He was thoroughly convinced, fully persuaded. And then later in the book of Hebrews, chapter six, once again, go back there and read it again. Verse 15, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And once again, the message translation says, He stuck it out and got everything that God had promised to him. Got everything. How many of you want everything that God's promised? Let your neighbor say, I want everything that God has promised. Now that's not evil. That's not being selfish or egotistical. We're entitled. If, if, If God promised it, then we're entitled to it. And I want everything that God has promised to me. And I'm not going to be satisfied until I have it, until I experience it, praise God. So that's a powerful lesson that you and I can take note of. If we want God's best, then we must remain consistent. We must be determined to stick it out. Now, once again, as I said yesterday, if there's any other way to experience the fulfillment of God's promises, I've been living this way for 54 years. I'm not a dummy. Don't you think I would have figured it out by now? I'm not in agreement with this 
hyper grace teaching that says you can just live any way you want to live and God will just bless you anyway. The man in whom God gave the relation, I mean the revelation concerning grace, Paul, says that he had to, having done all to stand, stand. If you could just live any way you want to live and not be a doer of the word and no longer be required to be consistent and yet God will just do it anyway, then Paul never got there. Amen. So if Paul needed to be consistent, if Abraham needed to be consistent, Jerry needs to be consistent and so do you. Let your neighbor say, that is good preaching. And I hope you're doing it. So if we want God's best, then we must remain consistent. And if you never got there, then you must become consistent. John 8, 31, once again, if you continue in my word, continue. That's the missing ingredient in a lot of Christians' lives. It was the missing ingredient in my life, and I corrected it. It may be the missing ingredient in some of you. Correct it. Make the decision that beginning today and from the rest of your life, turning back, giving up, compromising, wavering, staggering is no longer a part of your makeup, no longer a part of your character. Amen. Peter learned this. Jerry learned this. You learned this. Now, listen to some of the things Peter said later in his epistles about how important it is being consistent. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope for a week or so. And if nothing happens, quit. <clears throat> gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end. The Amplified says, set your hope unchangeably. The message translation says, don't slip back into those old grooves. The Passion translation says, fix your hope firmly. And this is the writings of the man that we read about in the early stages of his walk with Christ was a compromiser. But now after the day of Pentecost, you don't see this man compromising anymore. And now he's teaching others what he learned. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says it again, be sober and be vigilant regardless of Satan's tactics. Verse 9 says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Notice, steadfast in the faith, never giving up. The Amplified Bible says, be firm in faith. The Passion Translation says, take a decisive stand 
against the adversary and refuse to back down or to waver or to turn back. That's Savell added that to it. Paul tells us in Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. Amplified says, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Does it sound like to you as we're reading the word here that the way to experience God's best is just stick with it, stay the course, refuse to stagger, refuse to waver, refuse to compromise, stick with it. Inconsistency can lead to a lack of progress. It'll keep you from going forward. And going forward is always God's direction for his people. If If you're not making any forward progress, then you need to stop and take a good look at yourself and ask yourself, have I, have I been consistent? Uh-huh. Or have I become inconsistent? So inconsistency can lead to a lack of progress. It prevents you from going forward and it will rob you of experiencing God's best. So the answer to all this is stay faithful. Stay faithful to God and to his word. Proverbs 28, go there with me. Proverbs 28, verse 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Don't get upset with me because I'm abounding with blessings. Don't get upset with Brother Jesse because he's abounding with blessings. Or Brother Bill because he's abounding with blessings. Or Brother Moore because he's abounding with blessings. Or any of the other speakers and particularly not Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Don't get offended or upset or jealous because they're abounding in blessings. If you want to abound in blessings, then follow the example. Follow those who stay the course with persistent faith and get everything God promised to them. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. That's God's best. Amen. Say it with me. Abounding in blessings is God's best for my life. I'm entitled to it. And I refuse to accept anything less any longer in my life. And give the Lord a good shout. Praise God. To abound means to have in great quantity to be copiously supplied. I like that word. That's not a good tech. That's not a word we use in Texas all the time. How you doing, Brother Jerry? Copiously supplied. (laughs) Hallelujah. What does that mean? Great quantity. Great quantity. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, I was on a motorcycle tour and they said, Brother Jerry, what's your favorite motorcycle? I said, the one I'm riding at the time. <laughs> oh, you have more than one? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm copiously supplied. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I was growing up, my, my dad's best friend had a 48 Indian chief. My dad rode a Harley, 46 Harley. 
And I love that, that 48 Chief. That was the most beautiful motorcycle I'd ever seen. The Indian went bankrupt in 1951, and then somebody tried to resurrect the company a number of years ago, and they were, they were building terrible bikes. I bought one, and uh, I bought it in Oklahoma, and I had to work on it all the way home. As soon as I got home, I sold it. And then that company went bankrupt. And then another company bought the patent, and they tried to build Indians again, and they didn't go over well either. And so then finally Polaris bought the copyright, and Polaris has the money to invest in it. So they started building great motorcycles. In fact, they started giving Harley Davidson a run for the money. And back in the 40s, Harley and Indian were very competitive. Now they're competitive again. But it's interesting to me that most of the Indian dealerships are next door to Harley dealerships. <laughs> and the people that own the Harley dealerships bought the franchise for the Indian dealership because they don't want the competition. They, they, want, they want the sales of both of them, okay? And so uh, I bought my first Polaris Indian and it is a fine bike. Oh my goodness, it's a fine bike. And so uh, I, 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 I sold motorcycles in different places and, and I started receiving more Indians. Now, I'll get an ugly letter on this and I'm not going to read it. I now have 10 little Indians. He's rides an Indian. Stand up. He ought to be riding an Indian. And I was able to bless it to him, praise God. Amen. What, what am I saying? Because I changed my lifestyle back in 1969 from being inconsistent to consistent, I am now copiously supplied. Hallelujah. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that this gives us the right to be materialistically minded. I'm not materialistically minded. But I'm not going to tell God, uh, don't bless me anymore because people will get the wrong idea. <laughs> Buddy Harrison used to say, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I'm headed for being copiously supplied. <clears throat> I love that word. It means large in quantity, more than enough, running over, hallelujah. Glory to God. Wouldn't you agree that being consistent and remaining faithful pays big dividends? Amen. Now, just a few minutes left. Let me um, just share this with you and you can study it all on your own later. Do yourself a favor and go to your concordance and look up in the New Testament particularly the word continue. Continue. 
talking about consistency. I'll give you a few examples. I've already mentioned John chapter 13, but I'll read it again. If you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In John 15, 9, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Now, see, I, I had an opportunity to either do that or not do that in the example I gave you about Robert yesterday. <laughs> and I failed. <laughs> For a time being. <laughs> Robert needed to be put out of his misery. As, as Jesse said, he was not a thorn in the flesh. He was a complete bush. It was hard to love Robert. So I didn't want to sin, so I prayed him out of my church. And he's somewhere today harassing some pastor. <laughs> But I corrected it, praise God. So notice we are to continue in love, not just when it's convenient. Continue in love. We're talking about experiencing God's best. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. Continue in prayer. Don't pray occasionally. Pray sometimes. I just pray when you're desperate. Prayer is communication with God. It doesn't have to have a need involved. Just stay in communion with God continually. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Continue in the word. Acts chapter 13, verse 43. Paul and Barnabas persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Acts 14, 22, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Acts chapter 15, verse 35, uh, Paul and Barnabas continued teaching and preaching the word of the Lord. Romans 11, 22, continue in his goodness. Colossians 4, 2, continue in prayer. 1 Timothy 2, 15, continue in faith and charity and kindness. 2 Timothy 3, 14, continue in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. Hebrews 13, 1, let brotherly love continue. James chapter 1, verse 22, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein and not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer. This man shall be blessed in his deed. So notice how important consistency is. Continuing, not just during the believer's convention. Because you know, Jesus, we really have an advantage with what Jesus told us in Mark chapter four, that once the word is sown, Satan comes immediately. He could have just as easily written in there, once the word is sown in the believer's convention, Satan comes on Monday. 
if not sooner. Satan will do everything he possibly can to steal out of your heart what you've heard this week. But the answer is continue. Continue in the things which you have heard. Continue in the things which you've been assured of. Continue. Be consistent. Refusing to give up. Amen. Then I'll close it with this. Proverbs 28, 20, once again, the King James, a faithful man shall, shall abound with blessings. The Passion Translation says, life's blessings drench the faithful. And the word drench means thoroughly cover and saturate. Wow. saturate. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am thoroughly covered and saturated <laughs> with the blessings of God. <laughs> Why? Because I'm consistent. And who can be saturated with the blessing of God? Anybody that chooses to be faithful, consistent, regardless of the circumstances. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up and give the Lord a good shout. Praise God. Why do some Christians thrive while others seem to just struggle? Is it possible for you to experience a greater level of God's goodness and favor? Today's faith-building offer, Experiencing God's Best Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's new book, God's Maximum, and his revealing four-part audio series, Why Some Aren't Experiencing God's Best. Learn how to strengthen your faith and refuse to allow Satan to rob you of God's best. In this package, Jerry reveals the prerequisite for receiving God's promises, what qualifies you for the maximum, the six reasons why people quit, and the missing ingredient in many believers' lives. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Experiencing God's Best special package. Do you value the blessing of God on your life and what it can produce for you? Begin to order your lives in accordance with God's way and put yourself in position to receive His best. Thank you once again for joining me today. I hope that you have learned something from the lesson. We're talking about why some are not experiencing God's best. God wants you to have His best. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in good health. He wants you to experience His blessings every day of your life. He wants you to experience His favor. Are you experiencing these things? If not, then there's got to be a reason why. And let me just tell you right up front, it is certainly not God's fault. So if you're not experiencing it, then these lessons will show you what you need to do to correct that and then position yourself to experience God's best for the rest of your life. If you'd like to study this material once again, we have it on four CDs. Why Some Are Not Experiencing God's Best is the title, and that's available. And also my brand new book, God's Maximum, Going to the Highest Level Attainable. These two resources, I am sure, will cause your faith to go to another level. And you know, the Bible says that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. You want to keep growing your faith. Never stop growing your faith. Faith is how you receive everything that God has promised. And God wants you to have his best. So let me encourage you to order these resources right now while it's fresh in your thinking. You can go to jerrysavelle.org or you can look at the information that's on your screen and place your order right now. And as soon as we receive it, we'll get them into mail to you just as quickly as we possibly can. I want to encourage you to join with me again next week as we continue this study on why some are not experiencing God's best. 
You don't want to miss it because the remaining lessons are just keep building. And I believe you're going to get the answers that you've been looking for for a long, long time. So I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.